I'm Jack Zemlicka, and welcome to this episode of our 2020 Strip-Till Farmer Podcast Series. In today's program, we get some experience-based advice on efficient, effective ways to transition into strip-till. If this is your first time joining us, I'd encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series, currently available in iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And a reminder that by subscribing, you will be able to get an alert when upcoming episodes in this series are released. Thanks again to TopCon Agriculture for its support of this podcast series, Agronomy Matters, and TopCon Agriculture application solutions make it work. From planning to precision machine control, NORAX boom height control, monitoring and mapping to data management, you have the total set of solutions to maximize your agronomic plan. Find out how to make the most of your 4R nutrient stewardship with precision technology that is unmatched in ease of use. Visit them at topconpositioning.com slash growing solutions. Concern over a large initial investment in equipment and time can have farmers second-guessing a switch to strip-till. However, there are affordable and innovative entry points which can ease that transition. Since 2012, Seth Wenzel has been strip-tilling corn on the family's 4,000-acre farm near Kent in northwest Illinois, embracing economic approaches to machinery, technology, and fertilizer application that have helped increase yields. Tracking cost savings and efficiency gains, Seth admits there were initial growing pains. Change is hard, he says. There's that convention of having to do things a certain way. When comparing conventional tillage to the first year or two where we were doing corn-on-corn strip till, there were places where the crop didn't look so healthy. But he says his mind's changed when he started looking at yields which have increased as much as 20 bushels per acre. In today's Strip-Till Farmer podcast, Seth shares top takeaways for starting out in strip-till and experience-based examples for how he's been able to add bushels to the bin by budgeting for change. As Jack said, my name is Seth Wenzel. I farm up in the northwestern corner of Illinois in a small town called Kent, Illinois. Now, for those of you that are like, I've never heard of Kent, don't feel bad. It's roughly 80 people. We do still have a post office and a zip code. Not sure how long we'll have a post office, but Northwestern Illinois. For those who aren't familiar with that terrain or that part of the state of Illinois, it's of highly variable soils. We've got some rolling hills of rocky crap, and we also have some nice flat river bottom ground as well. But that little corner, Northwestern Illinois, is what they refer to as the driftless area or the unglaciated part of the state where the glaciers kind of stopped and then the rest of the state kind of swiped it all nice and flat. So it's very, very variable. We have all kinds of range of soils. I raised corn and soybeans along with my father, approximately 4,500 acres. We're spread out over three counties. So we're kind of a, I guess you'd say a shotgun farm. We do a lot of road farming, you know, a lot of driving our tractors five miles this way, 10 miles that way. We have a corn soybean rotation. It varies from year to year. Approximately 60% corn, maybe as high as 70% corn. And then our soybeans is the balance, anywhere from 40% to 30% soybeans. So I guess today I'm gonna tell you about how we got started into strip-till, some of the things we learned, some of the things that worked, some of the things that didn't work. By no means am I an expert, this is just sharing our story in a nutshell on what we did and how we came to where we are today. 
When we first started, it was about the summer of 2012. We were, as far as corn on corn was concerned, doing what many guys did. We would chisel plow in the fall, we would apply anhydrous ammonia in the spring, and then we would work it with the field cultivator in the spring. When we first started, our first question with strip till was, could we get the same, maybe the same yield and or the same revenue with a single pass? Could we condense that down? It seemed like as our operation grew and we had more acres to cover, we just didn't have enough man hours in the day to run that chisel plow. And when I was younger, back in teens and early 20s, it was fun on a Friday or Saturday night running that chisel plow 24 hours a day. But as you get older, you're like, wow, this kind of sucks. So we were asking ourselves, could we get the same, either the same yield, the same revenue, could we do the same with less inputs? The other thing we asked ourselves was, could we do a better job of placing the nutrients where the plant needs them? As far as getting the same with less, here's some rough numbers. Again, previously we were chisel plowing in the fall. We did a spring anhydrous ammonia app and a field cultivator pass in the spring. These are some rough estimates on custom app. I pulled them off of the Iowa State. So in 2012 and before, roughly we were spending about $45 an acre for tillage and our anhydrous ammonia app, give or take. We can argue, are these numbers high, are they low? But we asked ourselves, could we get the same with a single pass? The other goal again was, could we do a better job of product placement? So in the past with our anhydrous ammonia, we would work the product in at some random angle across the field. We'd work it in with the field cultivator. We would do a second application of nitrogen with our herbicide as a pre-emergence carrier with our sprayer. So we'd actually have two applications of nitrogen, both of which were random as far as I can tell. So those were our two goals when we got started or thought processes in the back of our mind. At the time we were actually renting a anhydrous ammonia toolbar from the local co-op or the local elevator. And we thought, well, if we're gonna do it, let's do baby steps. Let's start out, let's try something. Uh, so actually in the summer of 2012, we found a used power built bar, a DB60 bar with red ball strip till units on them. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. It was more or less complete for about $60,000. Now, for those of you that are shopping around for equipment, a 60 foot bar, the bar alone to us was worth about that. So we thought, well, we'll try it. If these red ball units are a flop, at least we can say we have a bar that's worth that. And we can always swap the units out later. We also added an AH3 Equiply system for the anhydrous ammonia for product applications. And then we're kind of ag leader junkies. That's what we like to use in our operation for product control as well as steering. So in the summer of 2012 for the 2013 crop year, we invested approximately $87,000 on this rig or this setup. And here's a picture of the bar in the field. Equiply is this nice little gauge tree where they go to every single row unit. I'll show you some more photos in a second. And Red Ball, for those that aren't familiar, is no longer in business. So we invested in what I would say is dated technology, I want to say dated technology, a company with zero support and zero parts. But in our mind, it's like, well, hey, for 60 grand, it's like, eh, if it doesn't work, we'll rip the units off and we'll buy something else. So to us, it was a low cost way to get into strip tilling. So here's a picture of the unit. I actually took this photo last week, still in its work clothes, quote unquote. Another thing with Red Ball, which they are notorious for, and my friends make fun of me, there are literally 18 grease zerks on every single row unit. So take that times 24 rows, we're supposed to grease 432 zerks per day. We don't do that. We do it 
once a week or when it rains uh, or once or twice per season. So red ball, for us, it's worked out very well, but I'm just letting you know, we started with something that we knew we couldn't run forever. When we got the units, they all worked great. They had wear on them. And then the Equiply system, we bought that brand new. The company's still in business in central Illinois. There's a hydraulically driven pump that pressurizes the product, so you're not using just the tank pressure of the anhydrous ammonia. We bought that brand new. That system was approximately 25 grand, brand new, give or take. If you guys follow anhydrous products, ANH3, I don't know the, quite all the ins and outs. I believe they sold the patent rights to Yield 360. So today you might find something just like this that says Yield 360 stamped on it. Same technology, same company, but it's marketed through Yield 360. Equiply is still making their own products. They have some different products, different patents going forward. But this is the system that we bought, uh, again, back in the summer of 2012. Back to our first year in 2013, we were already renting an anhydrous bar from a local co-op. And I'll be honest, it was very frustrating. And you know, we'd pay a fee, so much an acre, so much a ton to rent this bar from the local co-op. Every time we got it, it would come back different. Uh, the settings were different, the cultures were different. It wasn't set up for our operation for anhydrous. And so our thought was, well, if we fail, if this strip till experiment fails, we'll just use our DB60 bar as an anhydrous bar. We can still go in, we can still chisel plow, we can still field cultivate. So to us, this was kind of a low risk way to start getting into strip till. It's like, well, we're already doing anhydrous anyway. If this thing fails, we're just not gonna rent a bar from the co-op. We're just gonna keep using our own bar on our own acres and we're not gonna rent the bar. So to us, it was like, again, my father, little hesitant to change. He's like, ah, this isn't gonna work. And it's like, well, if it doesn't work, this is just gonna be an anhydrous bar. We can still field cultivate the heck out of it. It's okay, dad, don't worry. That same year, previous to this, we were running all 16 row planters. We have a pair of Kinsey 36 interplant planters. And with a 24 row bar, we were a little concerned about matching up. So again, back to low investment. We weren't sure what to do. That first year we actually rented a 24 row planter from one of the local implement dealers. This isn't the exact one. The one we rented actually had a 500 gallon in-furrow starter tank on it. So it gave us a way to try different starters for that first year. We invested in the strip till bar. It's like, well, do we go out and buy another planter? Do we trade a planter? We still like our 16 rows, our Kinsey interplants. We love those for beans, for no-till planting beans. We weren't ready to give those up or trade those in. So it's like, hey, let's be very cautious. Let's take our time. So that first year we rented something. I'll be honest, it was a well-worn planter, uh, lots of acres. Probably wasn't the best planter to use, but it was available and it was cheap. And it was a good way for us to strip till 24 rows and then plant 24 rows on top of that. So again, baby steps, because we weren't sure if this was gonna work or if this was gonna be for us or not. The fall of 2012, we applied strips into our soybean stubble, which we had always done our fall strips in our soybean stubbles anyway. So back to in the past, we'd rent a bar, now we owned a bar. So the fall of 2012, we applied approximately a thousand acres of strips into standing soybean stubble. In the spring of 2013 though, however, again, because we're a little gun shy, we strip tilled corn on corn on only 60 acres. And again, only 60. We're gonna spend all this money. It's like, eh, we're just gonna try 60 acres first and see how it works. Again, my father, I love him to death, but he just wasn't sure. The balance of our corn acres, 
approximately another 1,000 acres at that year. We did our conventional tillage in the fall. We actually applied with the Bauer Built Bar, we applied our anhydrous, but then we worked the crap out of it that spring. So again, baby steps. 2013, we're gonna try one 60-acre field. If it fails, it's okay. We're just gonna not rent the co-op bar anymore and we'll just use our own bar. So that first year in 2013, so here's some yields. These are actual yields. This, I don't wanna gloss over them too much. Our overall corn yields across all three counties, didn't matter if it was corn on corn, corn on beans, approximately 199 bushels per acre. Okay, fair enough. Corn on corn yields, about 198, fine. Corn on soybeans, about 200, great. When we looked at that 60 acre little trial of corn on corn on strip till, we were about 199 bushels. And so you first look at it and you're like, well, that was fun. We did something different and we got about the same as everything else. But as I pointed out earlier, we are spread out over three counties with highly variable soils. So this compared to the average, sure. But that year we had some high yielding stuff. We had some low yielding stuff. If we took a look at fields in Stevenson County, right next to that 60 acre trial, we had approximately 300 acres of corn on corn that actually yielded more closely to 207 bushels per acre. So again, looking as far as similar weather, similar soils, corn on corn right next to that trial, we were a little closer to 207 compared to 199. So again, first glance, we're like, crap, we just lost eight bushels. Dad's like, this sucks. Why did we lose eight bushels? And it's like, it's okay, Dad. It's okay, this is just one field, you know, let's just try it and see. But once you actually take a look at the numbers, fall harvest price, $4.39, that's eight bushels that we lost. We lost approximately $35 in revenue. However, we didn't have, we didn't have to chisel plow and we didn't have to field cultivate. So for us, that was kind of a small win-win on that 60 acre field. It's like, well, $33 expense, sure. We, we, you could argue that maybe we lost $2 an acre revenue, to be fair. But we kind of proved to ourselves we didn't have to run the chisel plow, we didn't have to field cultivate, and we got approximately the same amount of revenue as the adjacent corn on corn fields. So for us, we gave up approximately $35 of revenue, sure, but we didn't have the expense of chisel plowing, we didn't have the expense of field cultivating. So for us, that was kind of a soft win, a, hey, let's try some more. Wasn't a home run per se, but we were more or less proving to ourselves that we could get the same yields and or the same revenue, more so the same revenue, with a single pass. So that was one field in one year. We'll get back to the discussion shortly, but I wanted to once again thank our sponsor, Topcon Agriculture, for making this podcast possible. I also wanted to remind you about the series featured monthly on our podcast, Tech Tips with Dr. Ray Acevedo, where the former assistant professor of precision agriculture at Kansas State University and consultant for Topcon Agriculture shares insights and advice on some of the latest precision tools and how to best implement them on your operation. You can listen to past technology tips and also find accompanying articles at striptillfarmer.com. Let's get back to the program now and hear more from Seth Wenzel, who digs into some of the economic considerations for maximizing equipment performance without breaking the bank. So from that first 2013 to 2014, 
The second year, we rented another 24-row planter. Again, we're a little gun-shy on expenses and investments. The local dealership had a 24-row John Deere planter, both with in-furl starter and a two-by-two placement for nitrogen on the planter. For us, this was big because we were doing herbicide with our sprayer and we thought, well, could we put nitrogen down with the planter more close to the plant where the seed needs it? In 2014, from that 60 acres, we actually bumped it up approximately a third of our corn on corn acres, let's just say about eight or 900 acres, give or take. We did strip till corn on corn in 2014. And our yield results from 14 and 13 were very similar. Slightly less yield, but we more or less had the same revenue. We weren't getting the coffee shop home run yield that everybody's bragging about, but we were okay with that. We took a small yield hit, but we had the exact same revenue as those guys at the coffee shop that were beating their chest with the highest yields possible. Like, well, yeah, they might've got five or six more bushels, but I'm keeping that money in my pocket and I'm not destroying the soil. I'm not doing three or four passes across the soil. I'm doing one pass across the soil. So again, a small victory. I won't go through all the yields, but from 13 to 14, we did more. We did baby steps and we just progressively did a little bit more and a little bit more every year. In 2015, because we were finally convincing ourselves that strip-till was for us, we weren't just gonna go back to plowing. We actually invested in a 24-row planter of our own instead of renting a planter. Uh, so we purchased a John Deere 1775 Exact Emerge planter. As far as controls on the mechanical side, we have to use a 2630 John Deere display to control the planter. As far as steering and product control, we're using the Ag Leader in-command system to Control, actually controls our starter in furrow and then steers the tractor as well. As far as the setup with this planter, this is where we're currently running. On our two by two, we're actually using quite a lot of tanks. We've got a set of saddle tanks in the front of the tractor and we have a Yetter cart behind, all for 32% to put down with the planter. And then in furrow, I'm not gonna argue what's better or worse. We're still playing with different pop-up starters. We don't know what the best one is. I will say wherever we don't use a starter, we regret it, but we're using different forms of starter. There is a 600 gallon tank on the center of the planter, and we also have some wing tanks out on the wings of the planter as well. So back to product placement, once we started to invest, we felt more confident with strip till. Our goal was to put the nutrients where the plant needs it and or where the plant wants it. And this is probably not the best photo. This is actually next to our shop here last week, but. Case IH road track on 18 inch tracks, the saddle tanks, and there is the planter. Just a plain Jane, John Deere exact emerge, the wing tanks. For the starter system, side note, it's a Surefire Ag system. One does the two by two, and then one does the in furrow system as well. So here's a two by two for the 32%. Originally, when we got this planter, John Deere did not offer a, two, a true two by two system for their exact emerge planter. It hadn't been approved yet for the higher speeds. So the first year we actually, it's not shown here, we actually had a little stainless steel tube out the back. I guess you could, are like two by zero, maybe two inches to the side and on top of the soil. So for actually the first two years, we actually put 32% with this planter on top of the soil. And then for our in-furrow, it's kind of hard to see, but there's a little product there called Flowrite. It's a little firmer, the built-in tube for the starter. So fast forward 2015 with this planter, with all the nutrients, all the groceries, so to speak, on the planter. Our third year did approximately half of our corn on corn acres with strip till. Finally, we finally observed we could get 
corn-on-corn strip-till yields equivalent to our corn-on-corn conventional tillage yields. It took us three years to get there. We're still learning, we're still figuring it out, but finally, side-by-side trials, we were to the point where it didn't matter if I had a chisel plow here or if I did strip-till corn-on-corn, we finally had our own farm side-by-sides where our yields were the same. And we're like, holy cow, this is like, this is good. So that being said, we had less inputs, we had no chisel plow, we had no field cultivator, and we were finally, after our third year, getting the same yields as we were before, side-by-side. And to us, that meant more revenue. Year three, we finally had really big yields, the coffee shop yields that everyone brags about, and we had less input. So again, I'm not, not even talking about soil structure or soil health or microbes or any of that, but the bottom dollar, as far as revenue were concerned, took us three years to finally more or less prove to ourselves that yes, we can get the same yields, and yes, we can do it with less inputs. Back to machinery. We quickly found out it was difficult to cover all of our acres with one bar, and Mother Nature can be a little challenging. So back to economics a little bit. We like used equipment. Just for us, it works. In the spring of 2017, we actually found a 12-row Case IH bar, actually not too far from here, Galesburg area, for about $12,500, a 12-row bar. It needed coulters, it needed knives, but it was set up for what we wanted, it was a strip-till 12-row bar. We were gonna plant with 24, and it was set up pretty well. Again, it was budget-minded, it seemed to work for us. We added some ag leader controls for about $2,000, so that little setup alone was about $14,500 for us. We added it in the spring of 17. The fall of 16, we did not get as much anhydrous on as we wanted to. It was a just didn't get it done. So we had more acres in the spring of 17 to do, and then Mother Nature kept pushing us back. So we needed another bar, basically, is where we were at. And this little bar, I'll tell you what, doing nothing to it other than basic cultures and knives, for us, works great. Just a basic Raven dual cooler setup. The only thing that's not factory, my understanding, there's a little Sunco row cleaner setup that came with it. But again, this is the setup. It's not the latest and greatest, but for us and anhydrous ammonia, this little bar has done very well in standing corn stalks. I mean, this, actually this field is the 60 acre trial field that we started with back in 2013. This field here, roughly, I'm just guessing is, I mean, it, it has the potential to be 230 to 250 bushels per acre, which in our area is pretty, pretty good, pretty healthy. And for this more or less a factory bar with some row cleaners, that actually goes through it pretty well. And again, same, same field, same bar. As far as 2019, we're actually using that same red ball setup, even though we know someday those units will grenade. We, we can't run them forever. And then we're also using this Case H bar. So we have these two bars that we own and we use and we run around the farm with. Back to tractors, we're not tied to one color. So we wanted in the worst way to strip till with our Case H row track. And then when we're done, we unhook it, we go to the planter and we plant with the Case H row track. Unfortunately, it seems like the three years that we've had that tractor, Mother Nature just did not cooperate seemed like there was days we were out stripping and it's like, well, geez, we should be planting. So um, as far as, I won't call it a failure, but that was one of those things we just had to do. Basically all three springs, 17, 18, and 19, we had to rent a second tractor to put on that strip till bar because this red tractor needed to be on the planter. We don't have it all figured out. Plan A was 
strip everything with the red tractor, but all three springs, we had to kick in plan B and get a second tractor because this guy needed to be planting. So that was the goal. Didn't quite work, but hey, we did the best we could. Back to equipment. Also this spring, we had the joy of helping a neighbor set up a red ball unit. He actually found a 12 row three point bar with a Raven cooler and hider set up for like 12,500 bucks. So pretty cheap. Again, red ball, it's a dated system, but he said, hey, can you help me get it set up? Sure. Put some ag leader stuff on it. His little setup cost him approximately 14,500. The thing I'm trying to point out back to equipment, if you're just starting out and you're not sure, and you're like, wow, this is some really cool stuff out there, and you're a little gun shy, you don't have to buy brand new. You can start with used, you can do baby steps, you can work your way up as time goes on. Here's the three-point bar. It's actually at our shop and our tractor. He Basically, we helped him get it set up more or less. Three-point folding, nice little unit. And as far as going through the corn stalks, factory units does a pretty nice job for what he paid. Don't be afraid of used equipment. So I just took a screenshot from Ag Talk Classifieds from three days ago. All I did is I typed in strip, and then I think I put a price cap because there was a lot of guys that had row units and random parts. So I think I did, I don't know, minimum $10,000 on up. So I'm not saying these are perfect for you or perfect for me or anyone, but if you're on the fence about equipment and your local dealer doesn't have anything used in stock, go online, find something that's out there, call these farmers and say, hey, what are you using? What works? And back to used equipment, the vendors that are out here today have some really cool products and you say, geez, I'm not so sure I can afford that. I bet you they have customers that probably have a 16 or 12 row bar out with maybe the previous gen of their row unit. They probably know about some demo bars out there that have some acres on them for sale. It's a little intimidating at first, sticker shock to some people, but for us, if you think economically, think use, think baby steps, over time, you can kind of work your way up to the latest and greatest, so to speak. Well, thank you, Seth, for sharing some of your tips and advice for affordably establishing the strip-till system. I certainly look forward to your feedback on today's program, so feel free to drop me an email at jzemlicka at lessitermedia.com or give me a call at 262-777-2441. You can also keep up on the latest strip-till practices impacting your farm today by registering online at striptillfarmer.com for our free Strip-Till Strategies daily e-newsletter. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Strip-Till, F-A-R-M-R, and on our Strip-Till Farmer Facebook page. Well, I hope that you'll join us again for the next episode in our 2020 podcast series. For Seth Wenzel, Topcon Agriculture, and our entire staff here with Strip-Till Farmer, I'm Jack Zemlicka. Thanks for listening.